father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Today, we have episode 146 with Coach John Heinen. John Heinen is the Senior Vice President of the Georgia Lottery Corporation. John Heinen began his law enforcement career in 1989 as a patrolman for the Clark County Police Department in Athens, Georgia. He was employed as a special agent with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation with over 25 years of credible service. During that time, John worked in various assignments to include the GBI Training Unit, the GBI Special Response Team State of Georgia SWAT Team, and the Thomasville, Kingsland, Douglas, and Athens Regional Field Offices. He served as a member of the Investigative Division Command Staff at GBI Headquarters with responsibilities over several regional offices and special investigative units until his retirement in 2014. He joined the Georgia Lottery Corporation immediately after his GBI retirement. John served as past president of the National Alliance of State Drug Enforcement Agencies. He also teaches college-level criminal justice classes and provides leadership presentations to community and professional organizations. As a certified senior instructor, he continues to train peace officers in a variety of topics. John received his bachelor's degree in criminal justice studies from the University of Georgia. He earned his master's degree in public administration from Harvard University and attended the 230th session of the FBI National Academy. John is married to his wife, Allison, and spends all of his free time unsuccessfully trying to keep pace with his 15-year-old twin daughters, Haley and Hannah. I'm so excited to get John on this podcast. We've been trying this for a while. Um, Our topic in this series that I'm doing is called The Role of Parents in Athletics. I think this is a very important topic, um, not only for coaches, but for coaches who have parents that are uh, that are trying to get their kids to enjoy this experience, enjoy and better their performance. And I think John's going to give you some really some great insight into what he is doing to help not only um, one of his daughters who's an athlete, but also another daughter who's also a, uh, 
uh, cheerleader, gymnast, uh, great pianist, and so forth. So he's going to give some great instruction, uh, some great insight into how to play a more positive role in uh, your child's athletic career. So I'd like to welcome Coach John Heinen. John, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Coach. <laughs> How's it going? Great. I'm down here in my recording studio in the basement. This is where I get sent <laughs> during the quarantine. <laughs> hey, man, this is exciting. I know you're I know you're a loyal listener to the podcast, man. I'm really excited to have. We've been talking about this uh, for a long time and so forth. So we have we have Mr. John Heinen on here. He's, he's my and he already knows that not only does he help me coach, but he's my longtime uh, consultant. He does everything for me in my basketball program. <laughs> we can't even name everything, right, John? <laughs> it's just called being a volunteer, but you give it pretty creative uh, titles that, that makes it more fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, John, uh, I already gave kind of a, a brief overview of your, uh, your career and so forth. You've done a lot in law enforcement. Kind of give us a little brief resume of on um, – kind of your youth and how you grew up and kind of how you kind of got into law enforcement and to what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I started, um, at, at university of Georgia, uh, I'm a <clears throat> fellow dog there with you uh, about the same time period, I think, even though we never crossed paths, <laughs> but, uh, I was a business major. I'm, I'm the youngest of six kids and, and began as a business major, like most of the rest of my family. And I began taking criminal justice classes as electives. And I got to the point and I really enjoyed them. You know, business was more of a struggle uh, and criminal justice. You kind of look forward to those classes. So that led me down that path. Um, during uh, college at UGA, one of the requirements was an internship. So I did an internship with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation office in Athens and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I, I was an intern for 10 weeks and, but I kept showing up uh, to the point where the supervisor finally asked, uh, you know, son, didn't your internship end uh, a couple <laughs> months ago? And so they had to take the keys away from me to keep me from showing up. So, so that kind of started me down the path of law enforcement. Um, went to Harvard University, got my master's, uh, focused on uh, public safety up there as well. Became a county police officer in the Athens area for about a year. Uh, because the GBI was not hiring at the time, but then they began hiring about a year after I was a county police officer. Uh, so I uh, got that opportunity to to join the GBI as a special agent and was there for about 25 years. Uh, I was in the field most of the time conducting investigations, worked pretty much all around the state, uh, worked in our training division, was on the SWAT team. And I guess Ended up serving uh, last eight years or so on our command staff and retired again after about 25 years of service, 26 years. And uh, now uh, I'm working at uh, as a senior vice president at the Georgia Lottery. So how's that for a career change? <laughs> uh, but, you know, mostly over their security initiatives <laughs> over at the lottery. And so I went from horrific crime scenes to uh, confetti and balloons and those big giant checks that go to winners. So just a, a little different, different change for me. Yeah, absolutely. And we all know your true love is coaching, right? Well, 
uh, it's a love-hate relationship, right? I, I right. officiated basketball uh, growing up for probably, that's right. uh, I don't know, a dozen years. Did some uh, small college, but mostly high school and youth groups. Uh, became a volunteer coach, as a lot of us do as our kids grew up. I'm the father of uh, almost 15-year-old twin girls. Uh, so <laughs> as they progressed in athletics growing up, starting from kindergarten, you know, you're the guy standing in line and they said, whoever wants to be the coach, please take a step forward. And you're standing still, but everybody else takes a step back. So you're left there. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it is it was a challenge. But have kind of volunteered myself to coach, uh, gosh, since they were in pre-K or kindergarten in, in some sports that I still to this day don't even know a rule, but uh, it was fun being out there <laughs> trying to point them in the right direction. Yeah, John is pretty modest on that. I, I got to tell you, we I've been trying to get him on for a while. He He's tough to get. He's such a <laughs> he's such in demand. So he's tough to get. But um, I, I wanted to do a topic because he said he's number one, he's he's not being honest with you. He's, he's really a very good coach. Uh, he has a knack for getting the most out of kids. And he was my middle school coach for a while. Um, and he's. What we're going to talk about today, John, is the role of parents in athletics, because I've seen some great parenting going on with with kids in sports, and I've seen some things that need some work. And I want your perspective, because I think you've seen a lot as well. But you do a great job with your daughter, Hannah, in athletics. There's times where uh, and that's what you're going to talk about today and kind of give your perspective to help us help the parents out there and the coaches kind of deal with parents and, and the connection there with their athletes. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of the hardest things I've probably ever had to do. Uh, and for us as parents to do it correctly or to do it right as a sports parent, um, mm-hmm. I work hard at it and I miss the mark every day. So, you know, some of this that we'll talk about is probably uh, it might be like we're, in a Catholic church and I'm, you're the priest and I'm confessing my sins, but uh, (laughs) I try to learn from that. So that's, that's the point I think maybe we can make today. Yeah. And, and also kind of before you do that, talk about how you're, you're involved with with the SEC. Uh, You've done some, um, uh, some, some speeches and so forth, some lectures for the SEC kind of talk about what you're doing there. You uh, you're, you're heavily involved in a lot of different areas. Um, yeah, I mean, I try to stay active. I, uh, I serve on our local school board, our county school board here. Um, and, uh, you know, I stay in touch with my law enforcement friends. I do still do some training uh, in the law enforcement area as well. So, uh, you know, I just enjoy talking to people like you. You know, it's it's you know, at first it's an absolute honor to be on your podcast, by the way. I, I have a, a very long commute, and so you have a loyal listener just because I have a two-hour commute to and from work every day. But, uh, you know, I've heard you interview so many basketball legends on this podcast. Uh, just an honor, honor to be here. But uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. It'll be a good one. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will learn from this. I, I learn from you all the time. You do a great job, um, you know, working with kids. I mean, uh, I just – you know, just from your experience working with our my middle school team, your ability to get the most out of middle school girls, and you're so calm and so forth with them on that. Um, let, let's talk about now. You're 
uh, you're now involved with coaching your daughter, Hannah, for the AE. Right now, you're not you're not coaching right now. You have a little time off. Um, and because you're still involved in coaching, at, what is your first of all? Talk about a parent's role in their kid playing on a team. And the first question is, you know, should they attend games? And what give, give kind of let's, let's talk about that. You know, should parents attend the kids' game all the time or stay away? Well, I, you know, I was fortunate growing up. I, I think a lot of the way we treat our kids, probably we get that from uh, either right or wrong from our parents. And I, I had a great, great childhood. You know, I was the youngest of six kids. I came from a family of athletes, uh, mostly swimmers. Um, we had <laughs> All-American D1 swimmers. My brother, one of my brothers went and swam for University of Georgia. Uh, my sister almost made it to the Olympics. So um, I kind of grew up in that that atmosphere. Uh, very supportive parents. My father was a, a traveling salesman. Uh, my mom was in charge of taking care of us, and she was the consummate team mother. She would, you know, chauffeur me and, and my brothers and the teammates where we needed to be, especially for those players that didn't have that family support. She would go pick those kids up. Uh, you know, buy them shoes and meals and, uh, you know, and, and honestly, I cannot remember from the time I joined a team and probably the fourth grade to through high school, them ever missing a game. And my dad might be in, he had the whole Southeast and that, you know, he drove around in his car. It wasn't as much flying as it is today, but he would get back from Mississippi or Alabama and you know, he might get there at halftime, but he would they would be at every every game that I that I played in or did not play in. I wasn't the the star high school player by any stretch, but, uh, you know, they would be there and uh, support the team. So I kind of had that uh, in the back of my mind. I had some great coaches along the way that, uh, you know, coaches like you saw on TV, that those coaches that, you know, helped you with your personal problems, helped you with your skills. They lived in the gym. They, you know, you wondered if they even had a house, kind of like you, Coach. Every time I've been up there, uh, I wonder where your bed is in that gym. But, uh, right, you know, coaches that you still see today, it's amazing that, that I, I still see them. You know, Mike Ruth was the, was the boys' club coach when I started playing in fourth grade, and I saw him, you know, coaching one of the, the teams we played this last couple seasons. Uh, Clark Rainwater, Billy Thompson, Billy Ellis was the high school coach. Just, uh, just that guy that you wanted to, to be around them. You wanted to learn from them. You wanted to be just like them. So, you know, I think that had a lot to do with the way I try to try to see myself as a, as a parent and as a coach, you know, you just want to self-awareness to me is the key. I, I beat myself up, you know, I physically and constantly remind myself not to be that dad or that mom, uh, you know, and almost have to give myself a pep talk before a game because it's so easy to fall into that, you know, as soon as that horn goes off or that you hear that first whistle to fall into that competitive mindset. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's what I do probably, the most to keep me in check. And it, like I said, it doesn't work all of the time for sure, but uh, is just to remind myself, you know, why, what we should be doing and why we should be doing it, especially with girls, I think is just so important. Yeah. And, 
uh, one thing the listeners out there, John does our book for us. So he's busy during the games, <laughs> um, which uh, he does. He comes and, and he's really amazing. He comes to all the games. I mean, he, he travels from Atlanta to wherever we go in Augusta, whatever. So he does a great job. Um, but John, what is, uh, we're going to talk about you and Hannah and what is your role during the game? And that is, I know, I know a lot, you hear a lot of parents yelling in the stands and so forth. Is that appropriate? Or should parents, what do you do to make sure that Hannah really maybe even doesn't recognize you're in the stands, but she knows you're there in spirit and support? Yeah, I think um, I think you've helped me with that by giving me the, the book duties or the clock duties because it keeps <laughs> right. me focused. And actually, you know, it was it's funny because it does keep me, you know, I can't yell at the refs. I can't. Uh, yell at you as a coach or, you know, why aren't you putting my daughter in? Cause, cause I'm busy doing something else. But I think in retrospect, it's been the greatest thing. But if, if I was in the stands, um, you know, the, the easy answer of course is you want to cheer for the good plays. You want to even cheer for the bad plays. You want to cheer for the other team sometimes, even though that's tough, but I think we do a good job of that as a school uh, and promoting that as parents to, you know, when, when they're introducing the other team, you're, you're clapping just as maybe not just as hard for the other team, but you still show some enthusiasm. And, you know, I think those players notice that you see those players on the bench watching the players or watching the players' parents. And, uh, you know, they see that. So you want to set that example, um, as a prior official, I, you know, I remember what it was like. So, um, you know, I try to cut them some slack, but there again, it's such a competitive atmosphere and it's so easy to backslide <laughs> and get caught up in, in the, uh, you know, just the competitive nature of what's going on. So uh, just setting a good example. I mean, it's to make it easy. That's what you want to do. You know, if you, every, every scream or yell or, you know, good or bad, you kind of remind yourself, do you, you know, if your kid was watching you right then and there, are you setting a good example or a bad example for them? Yeah, and let's and that we're talking about actually now about during the game, but before the game, let's say you're taking Hannah to a game, whether that's AAU or whatever. What's going on? Because I think this is really important on the mindset of a parent and their athlete before a game. What do you say to Hannah? Do you try to relax her or do you try to put extra pressure on her? Um, because I think there's a lot of pressure being put on kids before games. Oh, I agree. And and the A answer, of course, is you want to – the more relaxed they are, the better they're going to perform, uh, you know. But sometimes, you know, we might be reliving our, our high school dream game sure. or, or whatever, and so that puts us in the wrong uh, mindset sometimes. But, you know, it's it's been my experience, especially with girls, you've got to make it fun. You've got to make it where it, you know, supports them, their passion, and, you know, because they're ultimately they're going to they're going to play because they're passionate about the game and they enjoy the game. There, there's not really a trick I can give Hannah or, you know, as a coach or a parent that's going to make them score 10 more points uh, right before the game. Now, if it's something we've worked on for a month of a certain move or, you know, go left instead of right or, a you know, peak fake, then drive, whatever it is, if you've worked on it, but throwing that in at the last minute, A, they're not going to listen to you. B, they're, they'll, if they are listening, they'll probably resent you for it because they're already hyping themselves up if they're a competitor. So 
trying to relax, joke around, have some fun, you know, uh, at the beginning of the game, before the game is, to me, uh, I think has added success to her game. Because, uh, you know, it's it's nervous enough, uh, you know, especially she's a she was a freshman taking that giant step from middle school to playing on your varsity team. And what a, what a giant step that is, from, <laughs> it is. Um, you know, going from playing with girls that, you know, maybe have never even touched a basketball before to high level competition is uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine that being placed in that, in that environment and, and, you know, her and some other freshmen on our team and, and other players handle it so well. And the last thing they need is that, that grown up to say, all right, this is what you need to do. Because uh, it's just going to ramp them up and cause probably some, you know, probably some turnovers versus some scores. Yeah, and I really want you to help our coaches and, and even parents that are listening. Um, his daughter has a tremendous love and passion for the game. And, John, you would have to agree with that. I mean, because you you don't tell Hannah to go out and practice on that. She, she loves the game. And I think it's a big part of what you have done. You have really instilled in her, um, the, uh, the, that passion. Uh, but it, it's not from you. It, you kind of, you kind of helped her develop it on her own, which I think is the key is that ownership. Tell us what you have done. You have actually taken her to a lot of fun experiences, man. I'm jealous. The hall of fame, uh, different things. You guys just had a blast doing all these things, which has created this love for the game. We do. And she, like you said, it's, it's nothing I do. It, she, she has that internal motivation. She's one of the hardest workers <laughs> I've ever seen. And it helps her with her grades. It helps her with her athletics and it's not natural talent. It's, it's just hard work. Um, she's not one of those natural athletes. So, you know, I, I always saw it as if I can create the opportunities for her to, to build that passion, that's what will make her better. And you do that early. And then when you get to these years where we're at now, where it's, you know, she's about to turn 15, where dad went from being funny to being able to lift cars to, you know, sometimes <laughs> wearing embarrassing colored clothes that don't match. Um, you know, it's time obviously for me to really try to step back, but I think we've done a really good job in our family of building that passion um, and looking for fun things to do. We went, uh, you know, her favorite team was UConn. So we, we found a really cheap flight up to Boston, rented a car and watched UConn play uh, up there. And uh, things just seemed to happen. She's, she's the luckiest girl in the world. She, she ended up um, talking to one of the, the staff members and they said, well, Hey, Gino, Gino's not in his office right now. No one's allowed in there, but let me take you in there. So it's just those <laughs> types of experiences. Um, she's always played up above her level. And so, again, just that drive and that passion has helped her. Uh, she started, she sh accidentally showed up for a, an elite camp, a, a recruit camp up at University of Georgia when she was in the fourth grade. Uh, and she did really, really well, I think, because everyone was six feet or better in that camp. And right. they couldn't, they, they didn't know what to do with a, a little ball handler, but um, so it's things like that that just gets her excited when she sees something positive come out of that. So it's always been just a fun experience for us. I try to, even to this day, we go out and play pig. Uh, we don't play horse. That takes too long. Pig goes pretty quick. Uh, and, you know, up until about two years ago, I could beat her pretty handily. But, you know, she started beating me legitimately about two years ago. But 
it's just a fun <laughs> experience. You know, she's still working on her skills, but it gets her in the gym. Um, you know, again, she's better than I am right now. She's a better shooter, but sometimes I'm a little smarter. Uh, I can shoot a little more high percentage shots and she's jacking up 30 footers just to, you know, try to rub, rub me in the dirt. But, uh, but it's, it's just that, you know, being with her now, I can't really coach her anymore because she really doesn't want to hear that. That's got to come from you. I've got to completely release her to you and, and coach young to develop those skills. Um, she goes to point guard college. Uh, great. I mean, probably one of the best, uh, leadership and basketball skills camps I've ever seen. She's done that, uh, every year for the last five years, uh, at least. And, um, you know, hooking up now with some, mm-hmm. some great trainers, um, you know, talk with, told you I talked with Sam Allen with blue collar basketball just last week. Who's, who's going to try to find her a, a great mentor to, to work with her in the off season. Um, cause it's that time, you know, it's that time for me to step back, I think. And hopefully I've created that, those opportunities for her to build that passion and now it's her time. So that, that was kind of my roadmap. Uh, and so far so good, you know, it's 15 year, 15 year old girl. You never know which, which way we're going to go, but, uh, she's, I tell you, she's a joy and, and she just has that. I've told people over and over again that, you know, she's that rock in our family that, that we want to be like. So, uh, I think she'll go a long way. She does want to play at the next level. Uh, so I think she's got the right mindset for that. Uh, but there's always that fine line as a parent, right. Of how far do you push? How far do you step back? Um, you know, cause there's other things going on in a 15 year old girl's life as well. You school work, she's up there taking a final exam right now. She might stick her head in, uh, hopefully and say <laughs> hello, but, um, right. Uh, but you know, that's just kind of the mindset I've put forward for better, or for worse. And so far it seems like it's been working. Yeah, that, that's a credit to uh, you and Allison and so You guys have done a terrific job with her. And something that I'm actually looking at, John, something that we got to really look at is really trying to train our parents, middle school and varsity, on what is their role. Uh, how can you help your kid? Because I think really you can write a book on how you did. You guys have done a tremendous job. Now she still has time left to play, and you never know. I mean, you never know with kids, but you guys have really a, a good knack for you know getting the most out of both of your daughter you both your daughters have tremendous passion and talent so you guys are doing a tremendous job it seems like they really love what they do uh, let's talk about um excuses i i know a lot of times um parents after games try to give a lot of excuses why a kid might have what do you what do you say to hannah after a game, do you try to kind of just grill her on it or you try to just say, man, I enjoyed watching you play. So I know you're really good about this. Yeah. I, you know, the first words out of my mouth, I try again, it's one of those things I have to tell myself to do because it's easy to go the (laughs) other way of, Hey, I really enjoyed watching you. You know, it was, it was a great night. Even, even if you, if it was a loss, uh, which you didn't have many of those this year. So that made it a little (laughs) easier for me. Thank you for that. But, uh, but saying that, I enjoyed watching you instead of, you know, you should have done this or you should have done that. I, I've always seen the more the more you coach in the car, uh, the less they're going to learn and it's going to lessen their passion for the game. Uh, you know, I, I've said it, I think, before. Ultimately, I, you know, their love for the game is going to make them better, not my little uh, insight of uh, you should have 
you know, drove to the left more or, uh, you know, that would have made you score more. So just developing that, you know, she, um, we had a couple, she had a couple rough games individually this year as to be expected, you know, when you play 23 games, uh, especially as a freshman. And it was funny because I would look for her after she got through with you in the locker room and I couldn't find her and I'd get a phone call and she'd be up at the, the middle school gym. And she said, you know, I could tell she'd be a little, little emotional and upset. She said, daddy, bring me a ball. And I, I'd meet her <laughs> up at the other gym. She'd already be up there. I'd give her a ball and for 30 minutes she'd shoot and she didn't want to talk. She didn't want to hear anything I had to say. Um, and, you know, we'd end up every so often with a, with a good long hug and, and then that'd be it. And she was good to go. And so I, I think they handled every, everybody's different. Every individual's different, but uh, just to be able to, to sit back and let them lead and let them guide the conversation after a game, whether it's a win or a loss, but just talking about how much you enjoyed watching them play, I think is, is really the key. So, um, you know, again, all easier said than done. You know, it sounds great in the safety of a podcast, but <laughs> as soon as that whistle or horn goes off, all <laughs> bets are off, right? And the competition's there. And, you know, I can remember coaching her as a middle schooler and, you know, it's yelling at her, you know, what are you doing out there? Why, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? Right. I told you three times instead of saying, hey, we're going to work on that left hand some more next next practice. That's my fault you don't you're left-handed and where it needs to be uh you know so uh but again in the safety of this conversation it's a lot easier i, I do miss the mark uh pretty frequently but but more more <laughs> wins than losses and that's that's the important thing yeah and you said a lot of that and that is uh you try to be intentional positive i mean you really try to be positive and it's easy and I, I, i'm as guilty as anybody as a coach even after a game let's say we lose Man, it's easy to find that critique, um, but you really have to find a positive because a lot of times, and you're this is what you're really brilliant at because I know I come to you after a lot of games, and you know how frustrated I get after losses. Let's say the GMC game. Right. You know, and you were so positive after that game. You're, oh, man. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. They just have a really good team. Give the other you always giving the opponent a lot of credit, and I love your perspective. Talk about that again about finding the positive, and what do you look for? Like you know, particularly with Hannah, what do you look for in particular uh, to kind of just get her on the positive road? Well, I, you know, I always remind myself. And you have to, especially in athletics, I think that there's not, especially with the culture you've created with this team and all good coaches create with their teams of 
there's no player on your team that wants to go out and do poorly or wants to right. not score a basket or not do what you've trained them and told them what to do. It's, it's because of other reasons. They're given 100%. So when you immediately come out of the gate and say, well, you know, you should have shot better, or you should have you know, made more free throws, or you should have spent more time practicing this, uh, that's not going to make them better. So you've got to find, I think, the positivity. And, and you also want them to come back. You want them to come back next year. You want them to come back in the summer. You want them to uh, find a way to, to want to train harder. And you're not going to do that, mm-hmm. especially, I think, especially with girls, number one, and especially with uh, the quote-unquote new generation. Uh, not that I'm for giving everybody a participation medal and and patting them on the back, but there's you got to be surrounded with positivity. The most successful practices I had with middle school was, number one, you make everything a game or a competition because they forget that they're learning when they're doing that, even though they're learning a lot. Right, sure. And you make it – you put you interject some fun. You might have a hard drill, but then after that you, you play some game, a lot of which I, I learned from watching you as a PE coach. Uh, you know, you, <laughs> you tuck the tails and you tuck the practice jerseys in there – in their shorts and you make them chase each other around dribbling the ball and try to try to steal that, uh, that Jersey out of their shorts. So, you know, things like that, playing tag, playing, uh, just intermixing those and making it a fun experience for them to want to come back. And I know there's a, especially at the high school level, you've, you've got to really balance that out with, cause you, you got to get them in shape. You got to make them tough. You got them, you got, you know, but, uh, I, I just think there's a lot to, the positivity and the fun that you can add into a, a competitive nature. Cause, cause your challenge too, I could imagine how hard that is, is you've got girls that want to go play at the next level, but you've also got girls, especially in the small school where we are, that they're playing ball just to play ball, you know, and they're going to play softball when softball comes around and they're going to run track when track comes or cross country or, you know, whatever that other sport is. And, you know, they're not in it for, for the next level. So that makes it even harder to motivate those folks as well yeah and tell me because i know we have both seen the other side of parenting where man they're really hard and sometimes that works um i don't think there's any one answer um what are some either regrets that you have or that you've seen from other kids other parents obviously you don't have to mention names that that are things that really just need to be um, need to be stopped or need to be worked on. Parents that are really aggressive, really verbally uh, critical of their kids. Have you seen that? I, I've seen it at every level, uh, starting at kindergarten. Coach, we, when we had the little leagues going on and player development leagues, you see it in kindergarten, and it almost breaks your heart. Uh, and you see yeah. it out of some of the parent volunteer coaches uh, that we used to do in those those leagues. So it's you know, it's hard to break. I know we do things or, you know, coach Engel is the athletic director brings out those contracts every time for athletics. And, you know, we all sign them. And again, it's one of those top of mind things. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And it is a good reminder. And I think it does get us in the right direction, but it's so easy to forget if you, if you don't make yourself aware as much as you need to do it, as much as you need to remind yourself. And uh, I've seen, you know, parents sit on the the bottom bleacher and and coach their kids from the bleacher and you know you're calling a play yeah. over there like you should and then they're calling their own plays and uh you know that makes it tough when they're out just for 
just for their player maybe and not for the whole team. Uh, maybe that's what AAU might be for, but not high school basketball, whole different ball game. And, and so it's really about the team and, and it's, it's tough and I, you know, it's hard for you to manage. Fortunately in our new gym, uh, I guess Dr. Tucker had the foresight to only make one side bleachers. So that makes it a little easier. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's hard for a parent to take a back seat. And I, I, I spoke to one great legendary coach and I forgot his name offhand. And he says, when he goes and watches his young kid play, he sits up in the top corner where nobody can see him and not even his kid. I've got a coworker um, that does that as well. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got two daughters that plays play at Walton high school and in uh, Atlanta, big high school. And he does the same thing. He separates himself from the group and just watches and, uh, and so that's that's a, certainly a tactic. I, I would encourage parents to to find whatever works for them, um, you know, because it's tough. And and the girls don't necessarily hear you, but sometimes they do, and it could be a game changer. Um, you know, game time's not the time for it. They they need to be prepared before the game and focus on the game. And so they certainly don't need to be looking at the stands for, um, you know, negativity from the stands. Yeah, and we, we, we really try to coach our kids up on that, but we all know it's tough. You can't, you can't change everybody, right, John? But you can try to educate and try to help people out and really try to help the kids out in the sense that um, you need to be focusing on your coaches. You need to have your eyes on your coaches. And all those little things like that, the body language, all that, we try to train our kids on. And we, we, got, a, we got a really good group of kids. Uh, just kind of break away from a little moment. There's a lot going on with this pandemic right now, Coach. I just think, and first of all, give me your opinion on what uh, we're trying to do with our um, Get Better program, Get Better Workout program. Uh, Give me your feedback on that. We're really trying to step up, get the kids to work on their own. Tell us what you think kids should be doing right now, Maybe, maybe as a parent perspective on trying to get better. Yeah, it's it's a tough challenge because you've got those that, that, like I said, you've got a different mix of players, some that want to go to the next level or self-motivated. They're going to go out and do their own thing. You've got those that, that play it just because it's the sport uh, of the season. But, um, you know, giving them those opportunities like you're doing of uh, making it competitive, making it fun. You've got the 10,000-shot challenge out there uh, that all the players have to get 10,000 shots. Uh, and in a certain time, you've got the Get Better program where they get points. Um, I love that program where they get points, so it's competitive. I think you've got some uh, opportunities. If they get to a certain point, they get a pizza delivered to their house. and Absolutely, yeah. Things. So, <laughs> so as a parent, you know, I love pizza, so I'm going to make sure they at least get to that <laughs> threshold. <laughs> right. But, uh, it's, it's funny, as we were talking, Hannah took a study break. She stuck her head in here. If you got any questions for her. Uh, you've got I her, do. You've got her for about five minutes if you want her. Yeah, yeah, bring her on, man. Hey, hey, now, hey, she's going to be. Um, I always tell about Hannah in my podcast and so forth. So we're going to get her live. That's great. Actually, we're not live, but hey, uh, is she there? She is. Hi. All right, Hannah. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much. Hey, we're we're just having a podcast uh, today. Is uh, of course we have the great John Heinen on. You know that. Um, <laughs> it's the role of parents in athletics and trying to get, you know, how does, how does your mom and dad work with you when you're playing sports and so forth? But I I do have a question for you. Um, 
is uh, what do you expect from your mom and dad during a game? Do you expect them to, you know, you know, say a lot and so forth, or you like to have them quiet and just encouraging you? What do you expect from your parents during a game? I mean, I like hearing them encouraging me. I just don't want them to be over the top. And, you know, um, I think it really motivates me when I hear them and it makes me want to keep playing. And, yeah, so I really like when I can hear them encourage me, but not excessively. Yeah, and really, you know, you probably can't hear your coach during a game because you're trying to play. I know I say a lot. You're trying to focus on what you're doing on the courts. I know you're a focused kid. So what can you hear when you're actually playing on the court? Probably not a lot, huh? Yeah, I really don't hear a lot, actually. You know, I kind of just, like, focus <laughs> and, like, bring my attention, like, all to the game and not really what the fans are saying because I know it's just important in what you're saying. And, yeah, I just tune out the negativity. Yeah, that's right. And I got to tell the listener, I get a lot of coaches from around the country listening to this, and I'm always talking about my my players and my team and so forth. Now, this kid right here, Hannah is uh, our point guard, and but she can play any position on that. But she's one of the hardest working. She's got tremendous passion. Hannah, what are you doing right now? I know you're coming back from an injury, and uh, you're doing a great job with the uh, Get Better program. Uh, I know you're trying to catch up with Destiny and so forth, but you I mean you're coming along great. How's how's your workouts coming along? It's good. You know, I've um I'm still doing physical therapy for my leg. And I'm also doing, like, a bunch of upper body stuff, like, trying to get stronger for the season. Um, we have a bike in our basement, so I ride that every day. And I'm also trying to get out and run and just work on my endurance. And also, you know, of course, shoot and work on my fundamentals. Yeah, no doubt. And you're getting stronger. Tell us what you're doing because um, your dad has shown me. I mean, I've seen you on the videos and so forth. Man, you're getting stronger. So what are you doing because uh, you don't have somebody right there telling you what to do. What are you doing on your own to get yourself stronger? So we have a pretty good um, cable system in our basement. So I'm doing a bunch of like um, bicep and tricep and, you know, chest and back exercises, um, push-ups, you know, sit-ups, and then like core workouts. Yeah, that's great. And you're doing a terrific job. And I got I always tell coaches when you have – players like you who are really accountable, responsible, and really dedicated, it makes coaching a lot easier. So uh, it's, it's very easy coaching Hannah's. Okay. So I just appreciate what you're doing and Hey, welcome to the podcast, man. This is, you, you become a star. Thank you. <laughs> um, hey, my last question is this after a game, let's say you had a tough loss. How do you want your, your dad what do you want from him after a game? Do you want him very critical or how do you, how do you, how do you want him to talk to you? Um, I think it just depends on the game. You know, if it's like, sometimes I want encouragement after a tough game and sometimes I just want to like reflect on my own and see what I need to improve on myself and not hear anything from them. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I'm like a very self-driven player, so I like to motivate myself, but um, other times I feel like I need the um, motivation, you know, to help me get better and not just because I can't see everything as a player. So Yeah. And your dad's really good at kind of giving you, he doesn't say a lot, kind of gives you key things mm -hmm. to work on. And then it doesn't take much for you. All you got to do is tell you one thing. You're so coachable and you, you, you get after you are very self-motivated. And I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. You're going to have all these coaches are going to be saying, man, how, who's that player right there? <laughs>
but I appreciate the insight and I wish you the best on your final exams. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, Hannah. Thank you. Thanks for coming down. She took a good study break, coach. That that was a good study break <laughs> for her. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, she's such a smart kid, such an intuitive kid and so forth. And I always tell the, the coaches on the podcast uh, that, hey, man, when you have a lot of self-motivated kids, um, that's a big part of success. <laughs> that I mean, it really it does help to have those type of kids. Well, it's been interesting to watch this, you know, online learning have, have, as we've adjusted to that. And, and she and her sister, she's like I said, she has a twin sister. Uh, who's a cheerleader that's that's another podcast for another day i guess because that's, a, that's <laughs> right. a different kind of sport but man um they both <clears throat> unbelievable how they're driven i mean we literally have to make them come down and take breaks because they're working so hard and and they're finishing strong so uh love to see that i tell you working hard this year yeah and it's amazing um of course we you know john we don't know heck you know what we're going to be doing this summer we don't know where the school's going right now. There's a lot of questions. What do you see? Because I know you got, you're in touch with a lot of, you know, key resources and so forth. What do you think's going to happen? How do you think we're going to be shaped due to this pandemic? What's, what changes do you see happening just in sports? Yes, a lot of it, you know, is uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the, the talent level because some kids – they get better because they're made to get better. They have to show up at a gym. They have to be there for practice. They have to be there for camps. And that's all going to mostly be self-driven this summer. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to skill level. Um, quite honest with you, and I, I may get some hate mail for this, or you might. I'm kind of <laughs> glad they have a little break. Um, you know, one of the things you and I have talked about, and I, I still don't know the answer to it, is playing multiple sports. And, you know, unfortunately, travel ball and AAU ball, and if someone's going to be that basketball player at the next level, do you want them to play other sports throughout the year and even through the summer and enjoy that type of thing? And, you know, most resoundingly, I've heard most of your coaches, uh, even with D1 prospects as kids, have said, yes, it's they think that's important. But it's almost there's no time for that, especially with the way school has gotten and, and is so intense. So it's almost, you know, that's the light that I see with this whole pandemic is that they do have some downtime to maybe explore some other things. Hannah's picked up a tennis racket. She's never played tennis and she's enjoying that. Uh, don't tell her doctor and her physical therapist. I don't think <laughs> she's supposed to be out there doing that yet, but she is. Right. And uh, so, you know, having those opportunities from, for some downtime and not playing all year, every day uh, might be a good thing, but I, I'm hopeful the end of the summer, July, I know she's got a PGC camp uh, on schedule. Uh, the rest of her camps I think have been canceled um, affiliated with colleges. So hopefully PGC will, will keep going. I know PGC has done a lot of online training, so that's been a good thing, but uh, I'm so hopeful that we'll get back in the gym uh, together as a team and, in a, in a competitive nature uh, in July so we can get ready. You know, it seems like in Georgia, the football parents are really driving Georgia high school to, to make a decision. So we'll, I think we'll hear something from them in the next couple of weeks. I think we'll see how this 
reopening of businesses will will affect society and if that goes well then i think we'll get out there quicker and if it doesn't go well then and we might have to take a few steps back but uh you've got to have that competitiveness you can work on skills all day long but you know right lose that that part of it so i'm hopeful we'll be back in july coach yeah i'm hopeful too um you know you hear all different all different comments right now and so forth but i think people right now I think you just have to be responsible. I mean, so if they're telling you to social distance, I mean, don't go out to the clubs and don't go out to the, I mean, but you see different, you see a lot of responsibility, but you also see people gathering around with, you know, hundreds of people. It's like, come on, common sense needs to take over because what affects one affects all in this, right? That's, that's right. My favorite saying in law enforcement and coaching and, you know, family life is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And it almost is like, okay, we've lifted the curfew. So then everybody runs out and tries to find the biggest group to hang out with. And, you know, the virus didn't go away. It's just uh, the government's given us a little more leeway to self-regulate. And some of us do that well, and some of us don't. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll go in the right direction. Uh, I know you're ready to get out. I've watched your, uh, video workouts on youtube and uh, <laughs> yeah been trying to keep up with you so <laughs> but i know you're ready to get back in that gym too yeah and you got to try to beat me in the um i have 10 pe challenges you have to try to beat me in all the scores john i am uh, i love it and you've got a great videographer too uh so you need to <laughs> exactly inc- increase her salary but i love watching <laughs> your workouts in the driveway what a great thing you're doing for the kids uh, and the teachers i saw where some of the teachers were we're joining in on it. So uh, that, well, that was a great, great thing you're doing there. Yeah. It's our pirates of the quarantine and so forth. And I, it's funny how the kids are turning in videos now, man. It's great. Uh, <laughs> you, and you have to do whatever you can, not only as a coach, but as a parent, get your, my last final question is, um, you know, what, you know, we talked about after games and so forth and is what is, you know, what are some of your goals that you have, for hannah this year as a parent because i i don't think parents do enough of this what are some of your goals like is it you know is it more related to the game or is it more related to intangible things like hey i want you to be you know a harder worker i want you to do things that you know be more responsible be more accountable what are some goals you have for hannah this year Um, preseason i usually let her start that conversation again i try not to be the teller (laughs) i i try to be a good listener um, and sometimes I fail at that and then she'll say what she says. And I say, well, what about this? And, um, you know, as she matures, I think she gets it. That's why I love camps like PGC that this sounds like a PGC commercial like yet, but it, <laughs> sure. it, it does add that leadership quality to what she needs to do. And as your point guard, she needs to be that team leader. Uh, it's tough as a freshman to come in and try to, you know, be a traffic cop for seniors and juniors and, and those folks. But um, I think as she grows in that role, that's going to be important. Um, her skill development, I, I think she's got that pretty much on her own with your guidance. So I think she'll be fine there. But it's always – I've always been a coach of, you know, pick two things you're going to be really, really good at or three things or one thing you know, as the season progresses, what's the one thing you're going to improve on between now and the next game. So that's kind of, we do it incre- incrementally. Uh, but I'd love to see her leadership uh, skills grow because that's, 
that's ultimately what's going to help her in life. You know, I think that's the greatest thing about sports is it gets you ready for life. Um, my wife was on an airplane trip, a work trip somewhere not too long ago, and she was sitting next to a big corporate CEO and they got in a conversation and they were talking about our daughters and then Hannah, Hannah's basketball came up and he said, as a CEO, he hires, he searches out and hires um, athletes, college athletes, high school, high charging high school athletes because of their self-motivation, because of their leadership. And especially he takes it one step further. And he said, and I really look for the female college athletes because of what they've had to do and overcome. And, and so that really tells the story there of how basketball kind of transcends to real life. I mean, uh, you know, Hannah, I don't know, she might surprise me and, and grow to six, five and be a WNBA player, but more than likely uh, she'll finish high school successfully, pick a great college that she wants to go to and have fun with and play and get some playing time. And then she's going to be out in the real world for the, majority of her life. So that's, that's what we try to focus on here is the big picture and the long-term goals. Yeah. And the great thing is you're allowing her to make her own decisions. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, is key. Part of it. <laughs> uh, which she'll have to do later on. You're, you're trying to develop those life skills on that. Uh, my next job is going to be, I'm going to be your producer of your new book, uh, the role <laughs> of parents. And uh, that, that's, that's going to be my title. That'd after be that. That'd be a fun uh, thing to do. Because uh, you've done a really a terrific job of that, Coach, and I really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. Uh, and you, you don't want to tell everybody, but what do you think of our team coming up? I think we got a special group coming up. Give me a parent's perspective on what do you think of our team before you go uh, coming up. I really like our team. Oh, it's great. I mean, you had a great team last year, and a majority are coming back. So you, you're only going to have success with that. Um, you know, if we keep them injury free and keep them excited, keep them engaged, keep them, um, you know, just hard charging there, it's, you're going to see something special coach. And it's, you know, thanks to you and the work you and coach young do with those kids. And, and, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a great, and it's going to be a fun season and, um, really looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, it's going to be fun. John, thank you so much. I had Michael Palmer on earlier. I think you're going to get higher ratings than uh, Michael Palmer. I'll send him a little text. <laughs> Coach Palmer's great. He's, he's yeah. been one of those, too, that's just really helped Hannah develop. And, um, you know, we send her up to Athens. We're in a small rural community, so there's not a whole lot of opportunities here. So we've got to venture out. And Coach Palmer was one of the first ones that, that kind of took her under his wing and, and helped her with travel ball starting off and skill development and uh so it's he's been a great asset to hannah's development yeah he's done a great I, I told him this i said they should have a statute for you out there because you've done a lot not just for the prince avenue kids but for all those kids in that area right there man of the youth development out there well it's the mindset and and you share that mindset too of uh you're not you don't have your your little kingdom you want to spread that knowledge and spread that um, you know, you want to spread basketball and the, the skills and the leadership qualities that come with it to anybody that'll, that'll show up. You're almost like a preacher coach. Oh, <laughs> uh, of course, I, John, I mean, you're, you're a great, uh, you're more than a, a friend and a consultant. I mean, you do, you really had a big impact on me on helping me as a coach develop and, and learn from my players and learn the things to do right. So I appreciate 
everything you've given me in our program. And thanks again for coming on the podcast. Um, hey, you got another, yeah. It's Thank been you. a joy and an honor. I tell you, I've listened to who you've had prior to me and it's, it's absolute honor to just to be on the list. <laughs> for sure coach thank you so much man i wish you the best and uh let's talk a little bit later today thank you absolutely thanks coach look forward to All seeing right. you soon in person too a- absolutely hey this is nba skills coach drew hanlon of pure sweat basketball and i've been working hard to build an online basketball school to help players and coaches i'd love for you to check it out at puresweatbasketball.com Hey, coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. If you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning. Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram.